Well, hello, Stephen. How's it going? Pretty good, Kyle. I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. Uh, you've got some exciting projects going on at your house, don't you? Uh, with a little bit of solar? Yes, we are definitely getting a solar project moving on our home. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to have about, I think it's nine solar panels put in our house here in Fort Thomas. Yeah. Okay. So where yeah. are you in that process? Uh, pretty soon they're about to come in and install some equipment in the basement next to our existing panel. Yeah. So they're getting ready for the uh, interconnection to the utility and the, and the panels. Yep. Very cool. And then yeah. the next step is to get your electric vehicle, right? And then you'll be totally off the grid. And... Oh man, I really wish. That's, that's, that's definitely on the list at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, I've, I've got, uh, I've got an electric vehicle, a, a Chevy Bolt that I got not long ago and it's pretty cool i i think my next step is to get some solar panels on on the roof well i, I i'll definitely uh refer for refer you to somebody for sure yeah yeah because yeah. there's definitely nothing like going green right 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 well i i don't know if you know this or not this is just such a coincidence but we actually have someone who does this as a full-time job and uh michael forrester thank you for joining us he's he's right here Hey, thanks for having me. Super, uh, super excited to be here. And Stephen, congratulations on your solar panels. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, just doing our part. That's now, super excited. Now, Michael, do you prefer to be called Michael or Mike or like Lord of Energy? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, I haven't heard Lord of Energy before, but I'll go for Michael. Uh, that, that'll work for, for now. Okay. Okay. But your friends call you Lord of Energy. I guess. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Well, great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, you know, as, as our listeners know, we love to talk about things that are very specific to our Cincinnati area and things that are issues of justice, equity, and uh, really about making our, our place, uh, our, our, our city, a, a better place to live. And so uh, we are excited to have you on our program today. And if you would just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your day job. Yeah. So, um, you know, I am the director of since the city of Cincinnati's office of environment and sustainability. Um, so we're a, a lean, mean, green team here in the city government of, of, of Cincinnati, trying to, you know, push our city and really our region um, forward in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, the basic overview is the, of the office is that, you know, we really have three kind of buckets that we play in. You know, first of all, um, we manage uh, the curbside recycling program. Um, so if you get that green, if you're a city of Cincinnati resident and you get that green bin, um, we work with Rumpke. Uh, if there's any issues, uh, delivery issues, um, you know, we go out there and drop off the free recycling bins for residents, so if you need a recycling bin, um, feel free to request one and we'll get, we'll get somebody out there to help you out. Um, we also manage um, kind of a environmental consultancy wing for the city. So cleaning up polluted properties, um, looking at developments and making sure that they're environmentally sound for new buildings, kind of your traditional environmental science role. And then finally, we have kind of our sustainability wing, um, which deals in a lot of areas of sustainability. So that's where you look at electric vehicles, that's where you look at solar, that's where you look at energy efficiency, urban agriculture, uh, food waste, you know, all of these sorts of things. Um, and, you know, you combine that and you roll all of that together. 
Um, and that's, that's kind of where, where our office lives. Um, we, as an office, uh, help lead what's called our Green Cincinnati Plan, which is our really big comprehensive climate document for the city of Cincinnati. So we've been doing this you know, every five years since 2008. Um, and really, you know, it's based on three solid pillars. Uh, obviously sustainability, um, resiliency, and equity. And taking those three pillars, we've rolled out 80 different recommendations that if fully enacted, will make our city reduce their carbon emissions 80% by 2050. So we're swinging big um, because we have to. Uh, you know, the, the, the climate is, uh, climate change is no longer a nebulous uh, thing that's out there someday. Um, it's here, that's, it's something that's here now. And so we as a city need to take concrete actions to reduce our carbon footprint um, because, you know, not only are there fires in California and hurricanes and the Gulf of Mexico, um, but we have, you know, extreme weather events here. We have hills that are sliding. We have skies that are opening up and dumping, you know, two, three, four, five inches of rain in an hour. You know, our, our city's not built to handle this sort of stuff. Um, and so we, we as a city, we need to take real concrete action um, to address those sorts of things. And my office really helps lead a lot of those initiatives. So one of the areas that I stumbled upon you all was uh, electric vehicles. And I was actually parked down on 4th Street downtown uh, with my electric vehicle and had paid the full price of parking. And I came out after my meeting down there and there was someone, one of the, the city workers standing by my vehicle. And I thought, oh my goodness, did I not put enough money in the, the uh, meter? And he said, what are you doing? Why are you paying for your meter? And I said, oh, uh, you know, I, it's the law. I don't know. And he said, no, you got an electric vehicle. You can park down here for free. Go on downtown and, and get a little pass and you, get, you can park your electric vehicle for free anywhere in the, the city meters. And so I did, and I came down and I met your team and the rest is history. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of cool stuff that you all do. Um, and it, it's not just electric vehicles and solar work, uh, but also you really focus on equity. So, you know, we are a justice slash equity podcast. Maybe if you can tell us a little bit about what equity looks like in your department. Yeah, sure. That's, that's a great question. So, I mean, you need to frame... Um, you know, when you're talking about climate, you're talking about climate justice, you're talking about racial justice, you're talking about environmental justice. These are all rolled into kind of one, one thing because we know that um, the impacts of climate will not be shared equally. You know, my office has done uh, urban heat maps so we can see where in the city of Cincinnati it's, it's hottest. Um, and those areas, frankly, are often our low income and our black and brown communities here in the city of Cincinnati. And so when you ask yourself, well, why? Why are those areas the hottest? Well, you can take that heat island map and then you overlay that with um, our impervious surfaces. So parking lots, large buildings, warehouse buildings, those are buildings that collect and absorb heat. Um, and release them during the day, but also overnight. 
So our, our, our urban heat island, if you will, uh, stays hotter, uh, doesn't cool down at night. Um, and so you see that those impervious surfaces, again, those are in our, our black and brown communities, those are in our poorer communities. And when you have an increase in impervious surfaces, you often have a, de a, a decrease in urban tree canopy. And so, you know, those trees are incredibly important because not only do they help shade and cool, cool the area in a very real way. We have extreme temperature, we have between 10 and 20 degrees uh, of, of neighborhoods in our city that, um, you know, in temperature spikes. So when we're out on a hot day, there are parts of our city that are 10, 20 degrees hotter than they are in other areas. Um, and so we, we see this. And as we continue to warm, this continues to be exacerbated. Um, so, you know, part of what my office does is help tie all those strings together um, so that we can see that because you can't manage what you don't measure. And so, you know, we are very, uh, very vocal um, advocate in, 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 in these sorts of policy discussions. Um, and then we have other city departments that are, you know, acting on those as well. So for example, our Cincinnati Parks Department has their relief program, um, which gives away over 1700 trees to the Cincinnati community. And it's a great program. Um, it's coming, it's becoming available here in September, I believe. And they're actually giving early access to those neighborhoods that um, have lower levels of tree canopy. So, you know, we're, we're taking the information that, that people have assembled and we're starting to design policy actions to help reduce and mitigate some of that, that climate impact. So, you know, they have a goal of having 40% um, tree coverage throughout the city of Cincinnati, but that's not just a goal. They're taking specific actions to make sure that that happens. Um, you know, we're also, we're working with um, Groundwork Ohio River Valley and Lower Price Hill um, through what's called our Climate Safe Neighborhoods Initiative, where we're engaging the residents to hear how climate is impacting them. Um, you know, city government often uh, can be seen as, you know, an ivory tower or separated bureaucrats. Um, and this is really our um, opportunity to, to reach out and hear from the residents, you know, what, what is impacting their lives? You know, what are they doing when they're waiting for the bus? You know, it, it, it's hotter now than it used to be. You know, are they bringing water with them? What would happen if they had a, had a shaded bus stop? You know, what is their experience and how are they kind of adapting and addressing, um, you know, heat? You know, maybe they go, maybe they go to uh, the library or some other uh, recreation center or something during a certain hour just to get out of the heat, just to cool down. Um, and these, these are stories and shared experiences that we're kind of trying to, to draw out and hear from our residents. Um, and we're looking to really duplicate that program um, across the city, uh, you know, listening to different neighborhoods and hear, you know, what, what, does, uh, what does Lower Price Hill experience? What does Camp Washington experience? You know, how, how is it different in a neighborhood by neighborhood experience? And then, you know, we kind of roll that up into how can we uh, as a city office um, help people adjust to that.
So one of the things that we're trying to do um, is we're really trying, when we, when we talk about equity, um, we're really trying to look at what's called the energy burden of our city. And so energy burden is essentially the percentage of income someone pays towards their utility bills, right? You know, how much money are you paying out of your paycheck for gas and electric? And in Cincinnati, it's disproportionately high compared to the rest of the country. Um, the American Council for the Energy Efficient Economy did a, did a big nationwide study. And Cincinnati was number nine. We were the ninth worst of the percentage of, our, of, of, of money that goes to our utility bills. So everyone's really concerned about affordable housing here in the city of Cincinnati, and rightly so. Um, but incorporating utility bills into that conversation is incredibly important because if you can keep the amount of money in someone's pockets, then they can make better decisions. And so, you know, we've taken specific actions around that as an office. Um, we did a neighborhood by neighborhood assessment of energy burden to see really where um, and why uh, energy burden was so high in Cincinnati. Uh, probably not a big surprise to people. We have a lot of old housing stock that has not been updated. Um, and so it's just inherently inefficient. They're large, old buildings, high ceilings, no insulation, incredibly leaky. And this is littered throughout our city, but they are concentrated, of course, in areas of low income. Well, Michael, mm -hmm. uh, just to interrupt there, you know, we call that character. <laughs> you know, where you we know <laughs> and it's great, it's great to have that character, but that <laughs> character shouldn't leak like a sip. <laughs> Agreed. You know? And, and one of the things that you said the other day when we were initially talking about this conversation was how the way we are set up is it's, it's actually incentivizing people to not fix those, um, right. those, those systems that are leaking like a sieve. And if they are improved, um, you know, it, it often benefits the landlord more than the actual tenant. So can you expand on that? Because I thought yeah, that was a really so interesting you, conversation. What you've got is this, in a rented property, you have a split incentive where to fix the property, it's the landlord's dollar and to pay the utility bill, it's the tenant's dollar. So the landlord doesn't achieve any cost savings by saving the tenant on their utility bill. Um, so you get in a stalemate where nobody wants to do anything. The resident doesn't want to upgrade, you know, isn't going to put insulation in their, in their building or air sale their building because, uh, you know, that's, that's money out of their pocket and they don't, they don't own that building. And the landlord isn't seeing a reduction in their utility bills. So it's a really common problem across the country. We, uh, in the Office of Environment and Sustainability, have designed a specific program called Warm Up Cincinnati, um, where we're actually offering grants to tenants and to building owners um, to help improve those, those buildings. So for our tenants, um, if they call up uh, the Hamilton County Community Action Agency, uh, we'll actually have somebody come out to their unit and do, at no charge to them, um, some energy efficiency upgrades. So that could be LED lighting, light bulbs, that could be appliances, um, that could be those, those, those really, really low hanging fruits. But also, you know, there's an education component to tell people how to continue to save energy. So if they leave that apartment, 
what can they do at their next place? So, and as a reward for participating in that program, we'll actually pay off up to $500 off their utility bill. So we want people, you know, to become come involved and invested um, in their unit and save energy. We also offer a small grants program to building owners where we'll pay up to $5,000 um, dollar for dollar match um, for improvements to a building. So you wanna do insulation. You need new HVAC. You need new windows. Um, kind of those, those higher dollar improvements. Um, we'll split that cost with you. And we'll split that cost with you um, provided you know it's serving a low income tenant. Um, we'll split that cost with you because not only does that help the resident and keep money in their pocket, but we're improving our building stock. And, you know, if you have one low income tenant, the odds that you have another one and another one and another one are fairly high. So that cost savings gets passed along to the next tenant. So we want to incentivize better buildings here in the city of Cincinnati. And then next month, we actually have coming out um, for big multifamily units. Um, where we'll, we'll, it's up to a $200,000 grant for large scale energy efficiency programs um, for apartment complexes that uh, serve low income tenants um, so that we can you know, get that investment, catalyze that investment. And then, you know, again, it's that long term savings and benefit for the resident where you're keeping extra dollars in their pocket. And so that's really kind of what we're trying to do um, from an equity standpoint is, again, there is a disproportional impact for our black and brown communities and our low income people. They are paying higher utility bills because the quality of their housing stock generally, not all of it, but generally um, is lower. And so we're trying to bring it up so that they can keep money in their pockets. You know, and it looks like as I look at your website, you have basically an equity lens through a lot of different areas. You know, mm -hmm. I, I see food and energy and climate and green economy and mobility and recycling. Um, but underneath each of those areas, you have topics that, that are very obviously focused on equity. So maybe talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, let's say food, for example. Um, I see it's, you know, food policy, urban agriculture, food waste. Those I can also imagine are, are, there is some inequity in those different areas as well. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, food is an issue that it, it plays with sustainability and it plays um, with equity in so many different ways. You know, there's the question of food deserts. Do people have access to healthy food? Um, do they have access to food in general? Do they have to get on a bus and drive 20, 30 an hour just to get to a grocery store so that they can take, um, so that they can, they can bring stuff home to them. Um, so my office kind of helps serve as that convener role among a variety of great partners that we have here in the city of Cincinnati, um, you know, Food Bank, La Soup, um, Green Umbrella, to really help provide that linkage um, and, you know, uh, tackle some of our, our, not just access to food, but our food waste issues to make sure that, you know, good food that could be used places isn't going in the trash. So, you know, we've got great organizations here like the uh, uh, Last Mile Food Rescue, which is essentially the Uber for food. Um, I 
you may have talked to them in the past. We did. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have a number of great organizations here in the city that are working to address um, food inequity. Um, and cause it's, it is, it is a continue, it is a continual issue. Um, and, and it will be continued going forward. We also work speaking of food um, to help grow our community gardens here in the city of Cincinnati. Um, so there's a number of community gardens and community land that we manage um, and work with different, um, uh, different residents to help encourage that growth of food um, to help alleviate some of that food security. Um, and so, you know, we've been very active in that area as well. Um, working with since working with both the land that we control through our office, um, fallow land through economic development, and then our Cincinnati rec centers too, to help make sure that if if it if the land isn't being used, um, that a, a great a great use of those those properties are urban agriculture. Michael, we started off the the conversation talking about solar panels. Uh, what what has Cincinnati been doing in the solar arena? Is I think there's a big project that's been that's been uh, come what and it's in progress or it's- yes that's a, a great question there Steve and what is Cincinnati doing in solar um, a lot and we're going real big um, so the city of Cincinnati is current currently under construction for the largest city led project in the country how big is um, it so not California not not Washington not Massachusetts, Cincinnati, Ohio. And it is 100 megawatts of solar. To put that in perspective, that is a thousand acres of solar panels. 750 football fields will produce enough energy to power 25,000 households across the city. Uh, You're putting nine solar panels on your home. We are putting 310,000 solar panels in, in this array here. And wow. so, yeah, that's big. It's real big. Um, Ohio is a great place for solar development. A lot of people don't think of that because, oh, we're gray all the time. And, oh, the weather changes all the time. And, but in actuality, we in the Cincinnati area and the greater Cincinnati region are, are a great solar resource for a number of reasons. One, we actually do get pretty good sun. Uh, Germany is one of the largest um, producers of solar energy in the world, and our sun just smashes them. Two, we have a lot of um, agricultural land that's graded and nice and flat and really easy to put solar panels on. And three, um, which a lot of people don't really think of, um, we have a lot of retired coal-fired power plants that have been shut down over the past 10 years. And all of the power lines that were used to push that power out to all of the residents don't have as much power on them anymore. And so we have these massive super highways crisscrossing throughout our state with very few cars on them. And they run right over large, flat agricultural land. So literally you just need to put your plug up into the air and you've plugged into these high speed, high tech, transmission lines that can really jump power, um, not just in Ohio, but really throughout, you know, the, 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 uh, the whole regional grid. And so, yeah, we're, we're going real big on solar. Um, you know, we're this, this will, this will power 25% of city government. So your clean water, 
Every time you flush the toilet, go to a rec center, uh, hopefully don't have to call the police or fire, but those operations, 25% of all of those electrons will be generated by the solar array. Um, but the residents, this is what's really cool, is the residents will actually be receiving solar power through our community choice aggregation program. So in our aggregation program, we buy power for about 80,000 residents, um, a lot of the population of the city of Cincinnati. And we designed our program so that, you know, the resident is still going to get one Duke bill from Duke Energy. Duke is going to bill it. Um, they're going to charge them for the wires. The company that we work with is going to charge them for the actual electrons. Um, but Dynagy, the company that we work with, will also slide in that solar generation into that, you know, the swimming pool of power that powers your home. You know, they'll dump 15% of those electrons that is powering your home is going to come from local generation here in the city of Cincinnati. And we're one of the first aggregation programs to really use our program to construct massive amounts of solar power to serve our residents. So we're really excited about that program. I want to give, um, you know, uh, big thanks to the mayor, Mayor Cranley, for his initiative to really push this forward. Um, you know, he, he was, uh, God bless him, he was pushing me hard uh, to make sure that this got done. And, and it is, it is going to get done. It's, it's scheduled to uh, be under significant completion and starting to deliver electrons here in December. Um, and year. so, yeah, we are absolutely full speed ahead. We are actually in the process of, uh, of developing, you, were, you have your guys in the basement with your electrical panel. We have guys uh, and girls um, out uh, building our interconnection uh, space right now, laying the pads, laying the, uh, the, the, um, the transformers and getting ready to plug, get that wire plugged into the, the high-speed transmission line that's running right over our site. So um, is that just for people who live within the city limits or is that the county or does it, is it just this region? How, who, who will be most affected by that? Yeah, so it is the, the both actually. Um, so it's for city operations and for Cincinnati residents through the aggregation program. So residents of Cincinnati can get solar power through the aggregation program. Um, but residents in the greater Cincinnati area in Hamilton County, if they are receiving water from waterworks or their water is being treated by the Metropolitan Sewer District, they will be running off 25% um, off of solar power as well. So there will be additional community benefits outside of the city of Cincinnati. And what's really cool about this is it all saves money. You know, it, it all saves money. You know, everybody asks me, well, how much money are you putting into this array? And the answer is none. We signed what's called a power purchase agreement. And we're taking, you know, we buy 15, $16 million of electricity every year. So instead of just buying it from the nebulous grid, we're directing a portion of that spend to pull it directly from the solar array. So we've committed to purchase the power over a long time, over a long term, but that's money that we are gonna spend anyways. We're still gonna need electricity to treat water. We're still gonna need electricity to run fire stations. 
So we're just being a little bit smarter with our spend and we're directing carving out that portion to that solar array and we're able to do it cheaper than we would do it off the grid because electricity, a lot of people think it's a flat price, but it's not, it's priced hourly. And the highest price electricity that you buy is in the summer when it's hot and sunny between the hours of three and six o'clock. Coincidentally, that is also when the solar power panels are gonna be cranking the most juice. So we've essentially locked into a budget hedge to protect the city and to protect the residents from that, from that hourly spike that we see and are experiencing right now. Just as, I mean, sorry to, uh, you know, switch gears again. I was just thinking about um, the, the equity incentives you were talking about uh, earlier. How does that work with, you know, HUD, the housing urban development programs that are, you know, such a, a really a big deal. Um, how, like how, how do those coincide or is there a, or is that still in the works? Is that a, a, that's something that, yeah, so that, that's a great question. So, you know, HUD manages a lot of different properties, um, you know, both high rises and individuals and um, property owners that receive Section 8 housing would be eligible for a warm up Cincinnati program. So, you know, we can work with them um, to help uh, improve uh, the housing stock. Um, but, you know, we're not, we're not specifically layering on top of each other. They're very different funding sources and types and types of buildings, um, not types of buildings, but very, just very different types of funding sources. But clo closer collaboration, um, I certainly admit would be a good thing. You know, um, one of the reasons we started this podcast was to really bring some some of these big problems like climate justice um, to the people here at the Cincinnati level, uh, make it tangible, make it practical. And so I wonder if if you could help us understand, help our listeners um, come up with just a few things that if if they are interested in this kind of thing, if they want to make Cincinnati a little more just in the areas of energy and uh, the climate and those types of things. What are some practical things that the, the average Joe or Jane could do to, to, to really be a part of the solution? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, climate change is something that's really big and really scary. Um, there's no, no question about that. There's this doomsday mentality of, boy, this elephant is charging down on me and what am I going to do? I mean, the answer is there's a lot of things that you can do. You know, so if you're in the city of Cincinnati, one of the first easiest things that you can do is look on your utility bill and check to see if you're in the Cincinnati Electric Aggregation Program. You know, that's a 100% green energy program. So I can provide green energy to all of my residents um, at less, at, that's cheaper than the local utility. So that's, that's step one. The easiest way to do that is look on your utility bill and see if it says Dynagy. If it doesn't say Dynagy, um, give someone in my office a call and we'll get you signed up. Um, so that, that's how you can get green energy for cheaper than your local utility. Other great things that you can do, obviously, we run, we run the city's recycling program. If you don't have a recycling cart, um, we can provide you with a recycling cart. We wanna make it easy for you to recycle. Um, other things, you know, get out on the land, garden, 
Um, local food is incredibly important. If you don't have space to do local food, support your local farmer's market, your local vendor. Um, that's not just reducing the carbon footprint of bringing, you know, tomatoes from Ecuador or anything here in the city of Cincinnati, but that's also encouraging local investment and those dollars circulate within our community. Um, other great things that, you know, aren't, that are, are, are lower cost, how, how are you getting places? Are you walking? Are you riding? Are you driving a car? Are you riding a bus? You know, we've made a significant investment here in Metro and we want to encourage people to get out and try the bus. If you haven't tried the bus, give it a shot. Um, you know, uh, I, I encourage people to, to do those sorts of things. Um, other things that I would, I would say is, you know, what is your home's performance? If you own your own home, um, you may want to look at energy efficiency for your home. Uh, and the great thing about energy efficiency is it, it does pay for itself. You know, the money that you're, that you, you are literally letting money escape through your poorly insulated attic and your unair sealed basement. Um, and there are firms here in the city of Cincinnati that specialize on tightening up your home so that you can save 400, 500, $600 a year on your utility bills. That room that's hot and nasty in the summer and freezing cold in the winter, they can help you make it habitable. Um, it does require a little bit of investment, um, but the returns are real. Um, they're very real. Uh, you know, I, I see people, you know, they, they, they buy new countertops and it's great. You can touch new countertops. They're very, very pretty, um, but those countertops are never gonna pay for itself. Um, and, you know, doing simple things like insulating and air sealing, um, weather stripping, LED light bulbs, you know, those are all real things that make real impacts. And by reducing the amount of electrons you consume, you're reducing your carbon footprint. Yeah. Well, Michael, there's, you've given us a lot to think about, a lot to uh, consider, and I think it's been a very informative discussion. Uh, we're all excited to go green and we're definitely uh, doing our best to, to convince others around us to, to do the same. But there is one question, one very important question I want to ask Lord Energy of Cincinnati. <laughs> and, and that is, uh, do you have a preferred Cincinnati chili flavor or location? <laughs> And it does not have to be, it doesn't have to be Skyline. I thought, you, know, I thought you said I wasn't supposed to, I, I thought I said I wasn't going to talk about politics. <laughs> Wait, this is your own, you're off, off the clock from the city. You're not endorsing certain uh, uh, vendors on behalf of the city. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Camp Washington Chili down there. Um, I think they do a great job. Uh, Dixie Chili also I'm a big fan of. And then, uh, you know, when, when you, when you get the, when, when you get the craving, you know, the, 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 the big, the, the gold stars, the, the skylines. I mean, they, 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 they definitely scratch an itch. That's it. <laughs> Good. Well, that's well, great. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Well, Michael Forrester, thank you so much for joining us today. Director of the Office of Environment and Sustainability at the City of Cincinnati. 
Lord of Energy, Michael Forrester. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your, uh, enjoy the guests that keep coming on here. There's a lot going on in Cincinnati, um, and yeah, I'm interested to hear who who comes next. Yeah, thank you, are, Michael. Thank you very much. Take care. enjoyed our podcast today we'd so very much appreciate you subscribing reviewing and sharing our podcast this will help more people find us and join the movement and if you're able to support this podcast and the work we do please head on over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash just cincinnati we're grateful for your support in amplifying the voices of those bringing about a more just cincinnati Our theme music for Just Cincinnati was generously provided by the internationally renowned but locally based singer and songwriter Kim Taylor. More of her intimate and folksy music can be found on her website at kim-taylor.net or wherever quality music is streamed. Mm -hmm.